Good morning. It is great to see everybody this morning. We want you to stand up, turn around, and as long as the person's comfortable, tell them that you are happy to see them and maybe shake hands this morning. <laughs> Oh 
morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Amen. You guys have a seat. And yes, he is good. Amen. Good morning once again, and welcome to Burlington Baptist Church. My name is Beth Claxon, and I'm the Children's Ministry Director here at Burlington Baptist. And it is so good to see each and every one of y'all. we got a pretty good-sized house today full of people, and that's an awesome thing. If you're a first-time guest with us today, though, we would like to welcome you in and thank you for joining us for service today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way we can do that is with a connection card. So if you're watching online, you can follow the link to that online connection card. If you're here in our sanctuary this morning, you can use your phone and scan that QR code and right in front of you, it'll take you to an online uh, connection card, or you can stop back at our information desk there in the atrium. Well, during the month of November, we are collecting a special offering, and that is for Sunrise Children's Services. Now, Sunrise has been around a long time. In fact, they started back in 1869 as a nonprofit ministry um, that is affiliated with Kentucky Baptist. And as Kentucky Baptist, one time a year, we take up a special offering for Sunrise Children's Services. Now, they help with a lot of different things. They help with foster care and a lot of other community-based services. So if you would like to support that ministry, you can do so by earmarking part of your offering toward that, or there should be some um, envelopes there in front of you in your chair backs to give to Sunrise. Well, Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and that can only mean one other thing, and that is our Run Turkey Run 5K run, walk, or walk, run, however you want to do that. But anyway, we would love for you to come out on Thanksgiving morning. That will be at Idlewild Park. Um, it's open to the community. We'll be, um, be there about 9 o'clock, and you can run and walk, and that way you'll burn some calories, and you can eat more turkey throughout the rest of the day. So again, that is on Thanksgiving morning at 9 a.m. at Idlewild Park. Now, you can still sign up, and you can do that online through our website. And the final thing I'd like to bring to your attention is on November 28th at 6 p.m., we will be having our Hanging of the Green service. Now, I tell you what, the Hanging of the Green service is absolutely beautiful. It's opened up, of course, to our, our church family and, of course, to the community as we begin to celebrate the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Christmas season. It's a beautiful service, a lot of um, scripture reading and a lot of music. Our kids will be singing some other special music. Of course, we all get to participate and putting our poinsettia tree together. It's just a wonderful community outreach and just for a church family to come together and celebrate the coming of our son, um, Jesus Christ. So um, right now, uh, we're going to continue to worship. So before we do so, though, I would love to lead us in a word of prayer. So will you pray with me, please? Father God, we just come to you this morning with praise and thanksgiving for you, O oh God. God, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us, that you're there with us in the good times and the bad times, that you're always there and you're always working in our life, God, and we thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that bright light, sometimes in this world that can seem so dark, God. And because of your son, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that he offers, that we too have that light here, and we're to spread the good news of you, O oh Lord. God, we just lift your name in praise. And God, it makes me think of that old hymn, as great as thy thankfulness, and God, we are thankful. God, we invite you now to this service and to open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, oh God. Thank you. Fill us with your peace. And we pray these things in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, along with Hanging of the Green, we are going to uh, have the choir meet on Tuesday night for choir practice. So if you're interested in singing uh, in the choir, even if you don't think you can sing that well, we would love to have you still. Uh, me, you can get a hold of me. It's going to be 6.30 on Tuesday night, so we'd love to have you out. But right now, let's see how good you can sing. Let's stand up together. We're going to sing one of my mom's favorites. Moving in our bed, 
through the song in the first service, so I'm going to try to do that again this service. But um, when you pick songs, when you pray about them, 
and pick songs and, 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 and things, and you never really know what kind of uh, meaning the song is going to have for someone. And when I picked this one, I really didn't understand what kind of meaning it was going to have for me this week. So um, I'm going to sing it, and if you know it, sing it with us. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet Caught up in this holy moment Never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessing Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to see Caught up in this holy moment, I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that can do I just want you well I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry when I just sang another song take me back to where we start I open up my heart to you I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we start. I open up my heart to you. Caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet, caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. And I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else. 
caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet caught up in this holy moment never want to leave oh I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Amen. That's what we want, his presence, isn't it? Thank you, Danny. I invite you to turn to Daniel chapter 6 this morning, and we're going to talk about God's deliverance. This is one of the most known chapters in the Bible, probably, and uh, we're going to learn some things from Daniel this morning. Uh, we certainly want to dare to be like Daniel. Uh, before we dive in, I just want to remind you that God is the hero of, of this story, just as he delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace, and just as he humbled uh, King Nebuchadnezzar by turning him into a wild animal, and just as he wrote on the wall and delivered King Belshazzar to the hands of Darius last week, God is sovereign and in control. And uh, when you leave here this morning, I, I hope you'll leave saying, I want to know and love and trust that God that that Daniel knew and loved and trusted in. And, and so Daniel chapter 6, before we stand, uh, Thursday was uh, Veterans Day, and I love to recognize our veterans. I, don't, I might not know who you all are, but I'd love for our veterans just to stand for a moment and let us thank you for your service. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for serving, and uh, I invite everybody to stand, and we'll honor together God's Word. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 6, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished among all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the, per the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions." Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went into his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, 
Know, know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Let's stop there and pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we know you're mighty to save and to deliver, and we'll see that this morning. We pray that you'll be lifted up. Lord, we pray that we'll learn some things from Daniel. Lord, that we'll live uh, our lives with conviction and courage. Uh, Lord, we, we need your help in that, and so we pray your help. We pray that if there's any here that are out that is outside of relationship with you, that this very hour they might trust in Jesus and be saved. Lord, we'd celebrate that. And Lord, there's other things you want to accomplish this morning amongst your people. Do that. Help us to, to be and live more like Jesus. We pray for that. Give us ears this morning to hear, and may we have responsive hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated and we'll jump right in there. So it pleased Darius. We met Darius last week at the last verse of chapter 5. Uh, he was a leader of the Medes and the Mede Persians joined forces and defeated mighty Babylon in 539 B.C. And so it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. Now, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had established a sort of a absolute monarchy in Babylon. And that system is kind of being replaced with more of a, a governmental hierarchy. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to see references to the, uh, the law of the Medes and Persians. Uh, it's mentioned in verse 8 and 12 and 15. It's a, once a law was made, it couldn't be revoked. And, and so Darius has kind of organized his government with 120 satraps. The, these were just officials over a given area of the kingdom. Verse 2 says that over them were three presidents, or these are more like governors or, or high officials, uh, of whom Daniel was one. And so Daniel was one of these three positions to whom the satraps should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. And so it seems that one of the duties of the satraps was to collect the taxes from, uh, for the king. And these three officials were over these, uh, to, to these officials to make sure that uh, nobody cheated the king and he suffered no loss. And so as we dive in this morning, this outline is going to be a little bit different. I, I thought I'd do a little back and forth between Daniel and Darius and try to keep those names straight. And, uh, and so and I'll try to tie it all together at the end. And so let's start with Daniel. And I want us to first notice Daniel's distinction. Verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And so uh, God's favor, we've seen this already in Daniel, but God's favor was upon Daniel. And he quickly distinguished himself. He was different and uh, he was a man you could trust. And uh, you didn't have to wonder, is this the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Or, or is this guy trying to spin it a little bit? And uh, it doesn't usually take too long to, to kind of figure out who's, who's cutting it straight and, and who's not. And so it says there at the end of verse 3 that the king was uh, planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And so Darius was about to make Daniel kind of the prime minister, or, the, or at least the chief of staff. And I, I got to thinking about that a little bit, and... Uh, just reviewing the life of Daniel, we know back in Daniel 1 that Daniel and, and some other Hebrews were, were, born, were brought from Jerusalem to Babylon, and they were in the king's service. They, they really didn't have a say in that. Uh, that was part of their responsibilities, and they, they were in a pagan land full of idolatry and, and lots of things that were in opposition to, to what they believed in. And uh, Now, Jeremiah, the prophet, had said... This is Jeremiah 29, 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. 
And so the prophet Jeremiah had said, you're going to be exiled to a land. That's certain to happen. As a matter of fact, even you're going to be there 70 years. But Jeremiah said, go there and, and seek the good of that land. Pray for that land because their welfare will, will include your welfare. Now, over the years, I suspect that Daniel and the other exiles had to wrestle with some questions about how they could faithfully honor God, which was their priority, and at the same time, also be able to, to serve uh, under ungodly leadership sometimes. And so I'm sure they wrestled with that. And, and I think that as Christians, uh, we have to wrestle with that today. And as our nation and as our leaders uh, move more and more secular, we wonder what our role might be. Should we disengage? Should we isolate? What, what, what should we do? Alistair Begg said that if Daniel could find a way to serve well in exile, to seek the common good, to obey the state wherever he could, to give his time and talents to seeing Babylon flourish, then we can serve well too. And so, Church, we have to wrestle sometimes with how we think God might want to use us. Now, here's where I'm at. It's easy to, to kind of uh, sit back and complain and bemoan the state of affairs. And listen, I, I've done my share of that. Th that that's kind of the easy position, just to sit back and just complain about it. Sometimes I think God wants us to be a light in a dark world. I think sometimes he wants us to be a voice for, for righteousness. Now, I, I maybe have told this story before, but years ago I went to a Franklin Graham prayer uh, rally in Frankfurt. I took some people from the church. and Anyway, while he was talking there, Franklin just said, you know, we, we need Christians in office. We need Christians in our school boards and, and in other places. And we need Christians to provide leadership in these areas. And uh, I, I was convicted about that. Uh, I went home, and, and we needed some changes in our local school board. I, I went home and tried to find some people to, to run for that, and I couldn't find any. And um, anyway, I figured I got to lead by example. And so I, I filed to run. I made the cards. I started visiting neighbors, and, and uh, I, I tell the story. Some people asked me some specific questions, and listen, I just was honest. I said, I don't know much. Uh, my mom was a teacher. My sister's a teacher. Brother-in-law, my wife's a teacher. I I got two kids, I pastor a bunch of children and teachers. I, I care about what they're taught. Uh, I'll try to listen. I'll try to make decisions that are best for the kids. And uh, I, I won. And um, I had lots to learn. <laughs> and, um, and I was busy. I was busy in ministry. I was busy being a dad, and, and yet I felt this was important. And I share that story just to say that, that we can stand back and complain, or we can roll up our sleeves and try to shine a light for Jesus. And so maybe God would have some of you run for some office. I, I don't know. I, I think there's some good material in this room, maybe even listening online. I, uh, and so you, here's what you got to do. You got to guard your heart, and, and you got to do it for His glory. You, you got to make sure your motives are right. And I'll mention, I, I might be the KBC president this week, and that scares me a lot. And uh, sometimes I think that our Southern Baptist Convention churches have lost some of our focus on the Great Commission. And we're spending more time arguing and fighting with one another than we are fighting for the souls of the lost. And, and we're not reaching younger people. And, and so if, if God might want to use me in some small way, I, I want to be like Isaiah in Isaiah 6 and say, here I am, Lord, send me. But I, I certainly appreciate your prayers for wisdom and humility in that. But maybe God wants to use you in some way. And uh, I think you should prayerfully consider that. It's easy to complain a little harder to get involved. So back here to Daniel 6, as you can imagine, if Daniel was favored by King Darius, uh, you can imagine the resentment of these other two presidents and, and uh, even these satraps, uh, especially if Daniel was above reproach. And so verse 4 says that the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. I, I wonder if our enemies looked at our lives, would they be able to have that same problem? 
that they couldn't find anything to use against us because we're, we're faithful. Verse 5, Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. And so these officials resented the fact that Daniel was a by-the-book kind of guy. And I, I bet they feared that if he was over them, if he was placed in a position over them, that, that he would ensure that they operated by the book. And that would probably affect their opportunities for profit and, and for power. And so they've got to do something about this. And so we get to verse 6. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement. I mean, you can have enemies that will come together for a common purpose sometimes. Well, that's the case here. By agreement to the king. And they said to him... And so, point number two is, let's notice Darius's deception. They come together, they say, Oh, King Darius, live forever. They, they start with some flattery. And then they say, All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, and the governors are agreed. Now, that's a lie. We're sure Daniel has no idea about any of this. But, but we, we're all in agreement about this, that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. And so basically they propose a new law that if anybody prayed to any god besides Darius for 30 days, they would be put to death by being thrown into the lion's den. Basically, they say, Darius, you know, uh, why don't you be the god of the month? And uh, that'll really unite your kingdom around that. And, and Darius probably says, okay. Verse 9 tells us that he uh, signed the document. According to verse 8, if, according to the Medo-Persian law, once a king signed an edict, it couldn't be revoked. And, and, and Darius is going to later regret this, but it seems that he was pretty easy to, to deceive. Now, back to Daniel. In verse 10, we'll notice Daniel's dedication. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. They would pray towards the temple. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. When Daniel discovered that this new law had been signed by Darius, he did what he had been doing for years. Three times a day he would go and get on his knees and pray to his God as he had done previously. And so what we find is that Daniel was faithful in his professional life, and Daniel was, was faithful in his, in his, his prayer life. And, and listen, church, it's so easy for us to come up with excuses for not praying more. Oh, we're too busy. We've all used that one, haven't we? And I suspect Daniel was very busy. He's over 40-some satraps. He's He's busy. And he could have come up with the excuse, well, I'm, just, I'm not allowed to for, for the next 30 days. I, I've been praying faithfully for 80 years, and I think God will be okay with me taking 30 days off if it's... And so he could have had excuses. And, but listen, his relationship with God and his time with God was a top priority. And this should probably convict some of us this morning. Many of us don't make prayer. Don't make worship. Don't make corporate worship a priority. It don't even make the top 10 list for some of us sometimes. And we look for excuses why we can't come and worship or why we don't have time to pray. And so the trap was set for Daniel. Verse 11 says that these men came by agreement and found Daniel make. I mean, can you kind of picture this? They're in their marked cars with their binoculars. And they're like, we're going to get him now. Oh, oh there he is. They, they set him up and they lay the trap. And uh, they find Daniel doing what Daniel did. He was praying, making petitions to God. And so starting in verse 12, we'll call this Darius's dilemma. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O oh, king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except for you, O oh, king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Well, the king answered, Yeah, the thing stands according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Yep, yeah, I did that. 
Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles. I mean, he knows who Daniel is, but they're going to explain. He's one of those Jew, Jewish exiles. Yeah, one of those guys. Uh, he pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. And so Darius has been deceived. And now he realizes that this what's going to happen to, to his friend Daniel, his confidant Daniel. He, he realizes that there's a trap been set for me, and, and uh, he looked for a loophole, uh, but he couldn't find any. And, and the Persian law required that the sentence be carried out the same day that the crime was committed. And so it's sunsetting. Verse 15, then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. And I said earlier, that's where you shake my head. He knew that, and the, the, the trap has been set. And so that leads to the number five, Daniel's detention. Verse 16, the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Now, uh, you can read about some descriptions of these holding pens for lions. Most of them were uh, underground. They dug out underground, and they'd have an entrance area, and uh, they would lower food down that way, and they, usually there would be a fence or wall around it, and actually a stone to, to cover it up. And, and so with that in mind, uh, we got a couple pictures. Many of you have seen uh, Britton Riviera's painting of Daniel, and uh, he's kind of just standing there, and the lines are surrounding him, and uh, he's just considering, you know, what's going on down there. Uh, in my mind, uh, I, I got a different picture. It's it's more of Daniel with the with the lines, and uh, he's just kind of petting them. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> In Isaiah eleven six, there's going to be a time when the lions lay down with the calves. Instead of eating the calves, they're going to. And, and so I, God could have done that, and Daniel could be playing with the the kitty cats overnight. I, I don't know. That's all just conjecture. Uh, we certainly know God's able to turn the hearts of. If He can turn the hearts of the king, He can hurt, turn the hearts of the lions. But anyway, uh, while Daniel is in the the lions' den, we read about Darius's despair, verse eighteen. Uh, the king went to his palace, spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. And so he's, uh, he's mourning the loss of his friend. He, he knows what's happened. And um, Anyway, it seems like he cares about Daniel. Verse 19, Then at break of day the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions, as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. They're, you know, they're taking, the, they're taking this off, they're moving this stone. O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the, from the lines? Well, what's going to happen with Daniel? I told him, play the music now. You ready for the... Don't, don't, don't you wish you didn't know what was, how this was going to come out? This, this suspense here. Verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Now how's that possible? Daniel was supposed to be supper for these lines, wasn't he? And so we can call this Daniel's deliverance. Verse 22. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me. Because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. My God, shut the lion's mouth. So listen, our God is able, isn't he? And he delivered Daniel from the lions, and, and God vindicated Daniel and displayed his mighty power before King Darius. And, and I think the same would be true of Daniel as was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back in chapter 3, 17 and 18 when he was about to throw them into the fiery furnace and they said, listen, we're not going to bow down. Our God's able to deliver us from this fire. Even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. 
I, I, I assume that Daniel had that same perspective. I'm going to pray to, to my God, and if you feed me to the lions, that's okay. But my God is able to deliver me. And a Sunday school teacher was once asked her class why Daniel wasn't afraid when he was thrown into the lion's den. And we don't know if he was afraid. I, I would have been. Uh, but the, the little girl said, because the lion of the tribe of Judah was in there with him. I like that, don't you? I love verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up and out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. He had trusted in his God. Hebrews eleven six says that without faith it's impossible to please God. He wants us to trust him and to walk in faith. And now, listen, they, they fooled Darius, but their plan backfired. Verse 24, and the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. And so uh, don't worry about the lions. They got their supper. <laughs> they got plenty, didn't they? There's a proverb that says, man proposes, but God disposes. Well, we see that here, don't we? Yeah. And then finally, 25 through 27, Darius' decree this is good. Then King Darius, he wrote all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. He, he wrote and said, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree. I'm not writing a decree on the behalf of others. Darius says, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. Amen. Enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. And so uh, Darius recognized that he's the living God. And in verse 28 tells us that Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, Darius the Mede, and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. He, he continued living under the favor and the good hand of the Lord. And so there's lots to learn from Daniel chapter 6. Listen, let me just point out that, that God, he saved Daniel from the lions, but he, but he didn't keep him from the lions. He, he saved he saved Daniel. He didn't get eaten. But he spent some time in the lion's den. And I just want you to know that as Christians, we should expect opposition. And many will not like our convictions and our honesty and our principles. And the lions of, of temptation are, are going to come against us. I want you to be warned about that. First Peter 5, 8, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you live for Jesus, the enemy is going to put a target on your back and, and he's going to send, send temptations to take you out. I want you to be warned about that. Put on the armor. Church, listen, put on your helmet of salvation and your, your shield of faith, your breastplate of righteousness, your gospel shoes, and take up the, the word of God. Put on the armor and, and pray and, and seek God's help. And as Paul said in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The enemy wants to take you out, especially if you're standing for God. You need to put on the armor and you need to stand strong with God's help. Let, let me briefly give you four takeaways, and I know there are so many more, but let me just give you four quickly. First of all, be faithful. Be faithful. When the critics look at your life, may they run into the same problem that Daniel's enemies had. Again, back to verse 4. They could find no ground for complaint because he was faithful. He was faithful. I just want you to think about Daniel for a minute. He drew his line in Daniel 1. And uh, he would not eat the king's food. He would not defile himself by eating the king's food. And uh, listen, life and temptations don't necessarily get easier as you get older. We hope they would. 
The temptations may change, but listen, church, they don't go away. And so I want to suggest to you that Daniel's convictions and his choices in Daniel 1 led directly to his conviction and his courage in Daniel 6. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so especially for the young people that are gathered here, but really for all of us, but whatever your age might be, decide now that you are going to live in a manner that pleases God and let that be the trajectory of your life. Now listen, it doesn't matter what kind of choices you made in the past. Decide right now that I'm going to live to please God and I'm going to go in that direction. Be faithful. Number two, be, be prayerful. Uh, you go back to verse 10, and it just says that he got down on his knees, and he prayed as he had done previously. Listen, Daniel's not putting on a show. He, he doesn't want to be fed to lions. No, this, this prayer was a, a practice and a priority for Daniel. David Jeremiah said Daniel would rather spend time with the lions than miss his time with the Lord. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Prayer was so important to Daniel that he wasn't willing to give it up even if it might cost him his life. And so listen, church, will you take some steps to to make prayer a priority in your life? You say, what what do you want me to do, preacher? Well, listen, first establish a time. Just establish a time. That's my prayer time. You might have to get up 10 or 15 minutes earlier in the morning. Or, or, or get to work early and sit in the, listen, just establish a time. Say, this is my time with the Lord and I'm going to guard it. Number two, establish a, a method. Uh, you might want to use a prayer list. You might want to use a prayer journal where you're, you're writing down your prayers and your requests. And you, you might want to pray the scriptures. And listen, we'll help you with this if, if, if you need some help. But, but you need a, a method for your prayer time. And, and number three is just stick with it. Establish that time and say, I'm, that's my time. I'm going to guard it. And listen, now, if you miss it today, this, you start back tomorrow. You, you stick with it. Prioritize your time with the Lord. And I promise you this, you will not regret it. I've never heard anybody some preacher, I, I spent time with the Lord today and I, I hated it. <laughs> no, you will not regret it. I wrote a little blog this week about prayer, and I, I think this is true. I think that the key ingredient to Daniel's wisdom and success and, and faithfulness was his daily time with the Lord. And when it comes to being prayerful, listen, listen I, I just want to warn you, there are distractors and there are distractions. This one's probably the biggest one in our lives. And listen, we've we got to turn these things off. We've got to leave them in the other room. We, we can't allow these to distract us. Listen, we, we are meeting with Almighty God. He, he's our creator. He's the one who gave his life to save us. We, we don't need to be distracted every time something beeps. Be prayerful. Number three, be courageous. I want you to think about this. Daniel's in his 80s now. Hadn't he taken enough stands for God? I mean, will it really hurt to put prayer on hold for 30 days? I mean, he's been faithful for 80 years. I mean, was 30 days of really... Listen, there are going to be times, and there might be many times, where you and I are going to be faced with decisions in regards to protecting our positions or our reputations or maybe even our lives. A decision to either protect that or to compromise our loyalty to God. We're going to have some of those decisions. And um, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Some times, maybe most of the times, it's going to be easier to go with the crowd or the culture. It's going to be easier to do that than it is to be courageous for Christ. But listen, ultimately, we will stand before our Lord and give an account. Verse 22, Daniel was able to say, listen, I, I've been spared, and, and listen, because I was found blameless before Him. He's who we're living for. He's who we're going to give an account to. And listen, church, I I want you to know this. It's not going to get any easier. Living for Jesus, being easy, that's in the rearview mirror. It's going to get nothing but harder. And we need to be courageous. In the end, we we want it said of us what was said of Daniel at the end of verse 23. Because he had trusted in his God. Why would he take that stance? Why would he give up that position? Why would he... 
because he trusted in his God. That's why Daniel's so timely for our day. Listen, we need courage in the midst of chaos. We got the chaos. We need the courage. And then, then the fourth and final is just be saved. Be saved. You, you think about this. When they lowered Daniel into that lion's den, it was like putting him in the grave. I mean, he was being fed to the lions. And you, you notice in verse 17, we didn't talk about it, but they, they sealed it. And sealed it with his signet. And in verse 19, when, Daniel, when Darius went back to the grave, back to the lion's den, he, he wasn't expecting Daniel to, to come out alive. And I was thinking, you know, we fast forward 575 or so years. I'm not exactly sure on the math, but we fast forward to another early morning and we find some ladies going to a tomb and the stone has been rolled away and it's, they find another empty tomb and it's the grave of our Lord Jesus Christ. The lion's den was a place of deliverance for Daniel but it was a place of destruction for his enemies. In verse 24, they put those enemies, his children, his wife, in the lions, devour them before they get to the bottom. Church, so there's a divine pattern in the Scriptures. We see it in multiple places. We see it at the flood. Noah's delivered. The enemies are destroyed. We see it at the Red Sea. God delivers his children safely across. He destroys the Egyptians. We see it in Daniel. Daniel is delivered from the, the lines, but the enemies are destroyed. And listen, church, we're going to see it again when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom in its fullness. God will eternally deliver his children, and we will spend eternity with him, and God will eternally punish his enemies, those who are still in their sins. And... Uh, and here's the good news. There, there is good news. The good news is that uh, Jesus came to take your punishment for sin. Amen. That's the good news. And on the cross, he bore our sin. On the cross, he gave his life as a substitute for ours. And he died for our sins. He was buried. On the third day, he arose in victory. And so the question for you this morning is, have you responded to that empty tomb? To our risen Lord. And here's an invitation. God invites you to be delivered from your sin. And all you need to do is repent, turn from your sins, turn from your trust in yourself, and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can be delivered. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Lord, you're mighty to save, and you're able to save from the, the mouths of lions, and you're able to save from an eternity in hell. Lord, we pray that we might see a miracle this morning, that you might bring someone from spiritual death to spiritual life. And Lord, we, we praise you for delivering Daniel, and we would praise you for delivering someone today from eternal destruction. We want to see that. Lord, we want to be as eager as Darius was that morning to get there to the, to the mouth of that lion's den and see if Daniel was alive. We, we want to see you rescue someone today. Lord, thank you that you are willing to take our sins and put it up on your son at the cross and pay for our sins and bring complete deliverance. Do that today. And Father, the other areas, we pray that, Lord, you might call some to, to roll up their sleeves and get involved in leadership and be courageous. Uh, some may be facing decisions at work or school and Lord, they know what to do. They, they want to honor you, and yet it's so easy to go with the, with the crowd and with the culture. And Lord, I pray you would give courage to those who need it. Father, there's some this morning, many of us, that would say our prayer life is not what it should be. We just need your help. Help us to have some spiritual disciplines. Help us to establish that time, to guard it, to, to spend time with you each day. Help us in those areas. And Lord, you know every other need in this room. We pray you would meet those needs and give us receptive hearts this morning for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We we stand? And uh, if you need to respond in some way, we, we listen, we invite you to do that. Uh, Wednesday night, we were talking about 
sharing the good news. And Miss Reba said, you know, we need to go tell the world there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Well, listen, that's the truth. God invites you to be delivered from your sin through faith. I'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus. And uh, if you have any other decisions you need to make today, I'd love to help you with those this morning. Waking up to a new sunrise Looking back from the other side I can see now with open eyes Darkest water, deepest place I wouldn't trade it for anything my brokenness brought me to you, and these wounds are a story of you, so I'm thankful for the scars, cause without them I So forever I am thankful for the scars Now I'm standing in confidence With the strength of your faithfulness I'm not who I was before No, I don't have to fear anymore So I'm thankful for the scars Cause without them I wouldn't know your heart And I know they'll always tell of who so forever I am thankful for the scars I can see, I can see How you delivered me In your hands, in your feet I found my victory I can see, I can see How you delivered me In your hands Cause without them I wouldn't know your heart And I know they'll always tell of who you are So forever I am thankful for the scars So I'm thankful for the scars Cause without them I So forever I am thankful for the scars. Amen. Amen. Anybody thankful for those scars that brought our deliverance in our life? Amen. Listen, if you're really thankful, go tell somebody. Go tell them about Jesus and His offer of salvation. They need to hear that, and uh, you know the good news, and so go share it. And then tell us. We'd, we'd love to celebrate with you. Uh, thank you for coming this morning. I'd ask you to pray for Danny's family. He lost his granny and Miss Debbie and Blaine, their mother, but Miss Dorothy Wainscott passed away this week. And so pray for, for Danny and his family. And then Kevin Bush has had a loss in his family. And so I want to pray for Kevin's family. And uh, I think that's it. Good to see anybody got a, a word of praise you want to share this morning before we go? Thank you, brother. Uh, just like every week, the Dollar Club or the clear boxes on the way out. Um, 
the uh, offering boxes are back there. That Dollar Club, it's, it's going to be Christmas time and the holiday season, so um, you know, that's going to get a lot of work. So if you, when you give to that, we want to tell you that we appreciate that. And also choir practice Tuesday, 630. Be there. So let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to get in your house, Lord. And we just thank you for uh, the book of Daniel uh, and just finding things that we can apply today, especially in today's world, Lord, where we can stand strong and we can stand tall. And, and we, don't have to, we don't have to kind of succumb to what's going on, Lord. We can, we can just guard our hearts and, and just worship you. And we thank you so much for that, Lord. And I just thank you for your son, Jesus. And I thank you for just the sacrifice of, of his life and, and resurrection for me. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.